All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. everybody welcome to another episode of dropping the gloves tim's here with his fancy brixton hat is that a new lid there tim uh pretty new yeah a few weeks ago how many hats do you own not that many i cycle through like i get rid of hats and clothes just as often as i get new ones oh so, no kidding yeah. you honestly do throw stuff out or just do i you donate it to stuff goodwill? regularly yeah like i feel funny all the time I was actually just thinking about that this week because I have a few hats. Um, I don't cycle through them like you do. I tend to just wear them and wear them and wear them, but I don't wear hats like I used to. I think as I'm aging, I feel like when you wear hats, it doesn't look as good when you're older. You're a young kid. You can, you can get away with it. I wear hats when I work. I cut wood. I'm in the woods. I don't want to get ticks on me. So I'm wearing hats. Keeps the sweat out of my eyes. It's to the point I've worn these hats over and over and over again. They smell so bad that I can't even have them in the house and I put them through the wash and they still reek. And so now I have to throw my two hats out. One's a hat from the beauty league from Minneapolis, my um, summer league. I put on there that I'm in involved with in no way whatsoever, but I'm the commissioner. And the other one is my clothing brand in Michigan tech, heart of a Husky. Not many people know this, but I have a clothing brand with the uh, Michigan tech Huskies up in uh, Houghton, Michigan, very successful, sold dozens of hats. I bought six of them, but yeah, I have to throw that one out. So I need a new hat and I don't know where to get hats. I got a massive melon. Can someone send me free hats? I don't want to buy stuff. I was actually just reading an article. That's funny about influencers asking for free stuff and then just getting roasted and how pathetic they look saying, Hey, can you do this? Uh, I have like 70,000 TikTok followers. Give me free stuff. Losers. But if you want to send me some hats, um, Feel free because I need some new hats to work out in. Right, Tim. Most of the most of the things I own are given to me, and I don't throw stuff out. That's my problem. I I just keep it and keep it and keep it. I actually just took off a polo last night that I have had for a good fifteen years, and the button flew off the top because I forgot to unbutton it, and my fat head couldn't squeeze through the hole, and the button went flying. And like I got to buy some new polos because they have stains on them. They're stretched out. One so thin, Tim, a white polo. It's been washed so many times. I have a, a tattoo on my side. You can see the tattoo through the white fabric where you couldn't see it two years ago. That's how thin it is. 
so cheap I am or lazy or both. So buy me some polos. So if there's a polo company, send me whatever you have. I'll wear it. I've no, there's no shame in my game. Are you going to share your address so people can send you stuff? Yeah, absolutely. 9797 East Bingham Road, Traverse City, Michigan, 49684. Send every, send me everything. And that's my real address, too. I don't care. Show up. I own multiple guns. So if you want to show up, I will kill you. <laughs> okay. So there's that. Uh, the old owner of our property showed up a couple of days ago. I wasn't there. And I told the kids, I'm like, did you murder them? And they're like, no, we didn't. I'm like, oh, missed opportunity. Because nobody comes up our driveway. It's a very scary. You've seen it, Tim. It's a very scary driveway. Scary. The first no time I was there, I was, I was sure that I was in the wrong place. I'm like, this can't be it. Very unassuming. Yeah, that's that's what I like about it. A couple of no trespassing signs. Looks like somewhere you're you know what else? The hillbillies, West Virginia. Deliverance. Deliverance. Uh yeah, they don't deliver packages up there. Is that what you're asking? They they leave it by the road. It's no, very it's... scary. Speaking of scary, Tim, I saw I saw a clip. The most feared player in the NHL today. There must be some camp or some charity golf tournament where they're asking some players and the resounding number one player, Jacob Truba from the New York Rangers. And I've said this time and time again, you need to have that player to strike fear in the opposition during the game. You can't just go into a game, go into a a playoff series and just have the other team think that they can enter the zone, escape to the neutral zone and not give them a second thought. Where if I'm going to enter the zone, I'm going to cross this red line. I'm going to get absolutely blown up. You need that guy on your team, whether it's a fighter, whether it's a big hitter on the back end, whether it's a forward on the third or fourth line who is just a heat-seeking missile. You need to have that guy to make the opposition second guess whether I should, you know, I'm going to take this pass and instead of just getting it and go, maybe I hold up a little bit to make sure I'm not going to get absolutely pasted into the boards or blown up in the in the neutral zone a la Brian Campbell and RJ Umberger from 15 years ago, one of the greatest open ice checks ever in NHL history. And it got me thinking, who are the most feared people on each team? Because the game has changed him. Gone are the days of every team having a tough guy, a middleweight, a bruising defenseman who's just going to cross-check, hack. The game is trending towards skill. It's trending towards speed. And with that come smaller players who don't like to hit, who don't like to hack. The fear factor is slowly leaving our game. And I think it's a shame. So we're going to go through every team. It's going to be quick, quick and easy. But some teams are going to be embarrassed because they have absolutely nobody that strikes a fear in the enemy's eyes. Do you think you strike fear in people's eyes, Tim, when they see you on the street? Are people crossing the road when they see Tim Wurzberger walking down the road? Or are you You a target? Neither one. This little dynamic exists only in your head. No one's out to get me. I'm not out to get anybody. I don't need to make people afraid. That's why I think you're single. You do need to have that fear factor. I think it's a good thing to have the ability to kind of intimidate people. Okay. I'll just don't you think that? No. There's like. Your mind is black and white when it comes to the stuff. Either you're the hunter or the hunted, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what else is there? It's not true. No one no one thinks like that. I think I understand does. why you did. 
based on your career and based on the things you told us about your life and getting in fights your whole life. And that's that's the world you live in. But it's not true. I think everybody does deep down. I think women love to be protected. They want a guy who they think they he doesn't have to act on it. Who they think if we got into a situation, he could take care of me. You can't tell me there's a woman out there who would like a guy if there was a situation where they're being robbed or their life is being threatened or it's a it's a situation where something bad could go go down and their guy's like, oh, let's get out of here. Let's run. I don't I don't think a woman likes that. That's probably true. Yeah, I agree. Maybe with that's that. why you're single. I feel like you would be. I'm There's a here. difference between striking fear in people and being able to take care of the people you need to protect in a situation. I guess you're right. But it all it doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt. But you also, again, you can't teach size. Being that big is hard to run. There is a lot of small people who strike fear in people's eyes. There is. You just got to have that. You know, as Steve McIntyre said, you got to have the ability to cross the wires every once in a while. Like my younger brother, Curtis, when he would go loco and crazy, and I could tell, I would look him in the eyes, he would go nuts. I'd run and lock myself in the bathroom. I'm like, let's just ease out the storm in here. Well, Kurt's nuts. And he'd be banging on the door. I'm like, let's just wait it out here. And as soon as like he would calm down, I'd open the door. And that would be the end of it. But yeah, what he would lose his do? mind sometimes. What did you do to make him go nuts though? That's the question. Well, we would insinuate that he wasn't wanted as as a child, or maybe he wasn't our true brother. <laughs> and oh, he would that's awful. he would that's not true. I'm like, yes, it is. No, it's not. Like, Mom and dad you, told me. <laughs> why are you so short? Why do you look so different? No. Nah! And then he loses mind. And I'm That's like, terrible, I'm, John. That's terrible. I'm like, I'll be in the bathroom. <laughs> it's what it's what siblings do. You did it with your brother, probably. Yeah, but my brother and I still talk. And we get along great. And I haven't talked to Curtis in years. So yeah, maybe that was maybe <laughs> that was uh You want to unpack something? Issue. Let's unpack that. There's nothing to unpack. I was a terrible brother, obviously. But let's move on. Nobody wants to hear about my family dynamics and the dysfunction of my life. Let's move on to getting fear instilled in the opposition. Let's start with the Western Conference, Tim. The Anaheim Mighty Ducks. Looking at their roster, last year, soft as baby butter. Who do you think anybody is afraid of on this team? And it doesn't have to be fighters. Like I said, it can be just pests. It can be hitters. It can just be a a tough-looking dude. Oh, it has to be Radko Gudis, their new free agent signing. There's no one else. He's not a huge fighter. I don't even, does he ever fight? Not, Radko doesn't even fight. No, only once in a while when he has to. Yeah, but he's a hitter. He's one of the top hitters in the league, I would think. Probably one of the more feared guys. Like, don't don't look down while you're crossing the blue line if he's on the ice type of player. So it has to be I him. agree. It has to be him. Max Jones is a big dude, but he's, he's more, ugh, I, I want to say, a, a bruising forward. I don't think he's known for fighting, but I don't know. But yeah, it's got to be Radko. I, I, I don't know if there's a more hated player in the NHL than Radko Gudis. Like resoundingly disliked by everybody in the NHL. Even the way he looks, he just looks like a guy who just you hate. So that's Radko Gudis. All right, moving on. Staying in the Western Conference, staying in the Pacific, the San Jose Sharks, one of my former teams. The impetus of this whole episode was actually because of an article from the San Jose Sharks. Tim showed me saying the top five fighters in San Jose and I wasn't on the list. I'm like, what a joke. What a stupid, stupid article. They didn't have me. They didn't have Jody Shelley. They didn't have Marty McSorley, but they had Brad Stodbitz, who I dummied. They had Mike Haley, who I respect him in every way, but I would absolutely just mop the floor with him. 
Ryan Klo, nice guy, really good hockey player. I would dummy him in a fight. Link Gates, I get that. Link Gates is pretty legit. Todd Ewan, legit. Those two guys deserve to be there. But those three, they should have been replaced by the three guys I mentioned at the start of the tangent. But anyways, San Jose Sharks, looking at this team, they went for skill on their fourth line. They got LeBanc. They got Lindholm. They got Thomas Bordelow. Skill. Not a lot of toughness on, on the fourth line. You look at the back end. Absolutely nobody, Tim. Maybe Radim Simic. He's a bigger goo, bigger dude, Jacob McDonald. Who on this team at all strikes fear in the opposition? Honestly, close to nobody. The only one that I know that likes to scrap, and I actually do like this player because he came up with the Red Wings and I saw him a few times, was Giovanni Smith. He's a scrapper, but he's not striking fear in anybody. But if, if I had to pick one, it's him. He's not even on the on the roster. Well, he is, but he he's not even a regular. So I guess if he inserts himself in the lineup, he would be the guy. He's a tough dude. So, yeah, it, it's going to be Giovanni Smith, but I'm just going off of who they're starting 12 and 6 are going to be on opening night. And right now, he doesn't factor into that. So I guess I would have factored into that too. But, yeah, it's got to be Giovanni Smith. That is correct. Moving on. Staying out west, the Vancouver Canucks, Tim. Next, you got in some hot water this week too. JT Miller just lambasting the media, saying this this city sucks. I don't I don't like the media here at all. They're awful. Who strikes fear in the eyes, Tim, from the Vancouver Canucks? Oh, is there anyone? It should be Tyler Myers. Is six eight? He should be dummying people, but he doesn't. Um, I don't. They really don't even have anyone. I'm looking at the roster right now. It's got to be Ian Cole, I would think. As depressing as this is, he's an old vet. He can throw the body around when he wants to. He, I'm guessing, could fight maybe. But this could be the softest team in the NHL. Looking at this roster, looking how it's assembled, they have nobody at all who, who is scary whatsoever. Maybe that's an issue. Because I'm going through these teams from the bottom up on the Western Conference. And so far, the first three, Anaheim, San Jose, and Vancouver, so incredibly soft. It's it's embarrassing how soft these guys are. Moving on. Staying in Canada, staying out west, the Calgary Flames. They jettisoned some toughness this offseason, got rid of Milan Lucic. But they still have some guys who who are a little scary. Who do you take on the, the Calgary Flames, Tim? Um, Tanev is tough. Oh, Zadorov. It has to be Zadorov. He's the big boy. I agree. He is a heat-seeking missile. He is one of the few. I think there's about a dozen guys in the NHL who consistently blow people up. And who. And it's not about blowing guys up. It's doing it at the opportune time. To start a game, after a goal, start of a playoff round. He does it at the perfect time. When you need a big hit, when you need a change of momentum, Nikita Zadorov picks his spots. And sometimes he sacrifices defense where he goes out of his way. He leaves his position. Maybe he gives up a two-on-one here and there. This guy dummies people. So, yeah, I'm going to go Nikita Zodorov. He is an absolute moose out there. He needs to learn how to fight. I tried to take him under my wing in Buffalo. Wasn't having anything up. He wanted to go shopping for Gucci shoes, Louis Vuitton bags. He was new to the NHL. He wanted to live that life coming from Russia. But, yeah, it's Nikita Zodorov. I guess for fighting for the Flames, they don't even have really any toughness. Blake Coleman, maybe. Not a lot of guys who can throw the mitts for the Calgary Flames, which is depressing because they've always had a very, very tough team. All right, moving on. Seattle Kraken, Tim. Does anybody on this roster make you nervous? Um, No, not really. Alexiak, just because of his size, he's 6'7". Yeah, it's got to be him. He yeah. throws the knuckles. He, he's a tough kid. He, um, 
I don't think he's going to lose many fights. He's going to get in there and hang tough. He fights heavyweights when he needs to. I think Brandon Tanev on the fourth line and Pierre-Edouard Belmar, they get into the the mix a little bit and they'll grind it out. But yeah, it's it's got to be Luxiak. I like him. It's not a bad choice for toughness in today's age. He does his job. He does it well. I like Alexiak. All right. The LA Kings. Who do you like from the LA Kings, Tim? Again, gosh, the Pacific is so soft. It's absolutely just like incredibly soft. It's depressing. Anybody on the LA Kings, Tim? Gavrikov, big heavy defenseman, 6'3", 221. But he's not a fighter, really. So, no. Is it Drew Doughty? Does he still hit like he used to? I don't know like he used to. I, I didn't catch many LA Kings games last year just because the West Coast. But yeah, it's Gavrikov. He's a big dude. Drew Doughty. The forward lines are not. It, it, it's depressing to me to look at these forward lineups. You need somebody who's going to go out there and just be a. Every team I played on usually had some guy who would just make it his job to go out and blow people up. I came in with the Minnesota Wild. We had Cal Clutterbuck. I went to the Buffalo Sabres. We had Patrick Coletta and Steve Ott. Those guys were just missiles out there. I went to the San Jose Sharks. We had Mike Brown, Andrew Desjardins. Those guys, all they wanted to do first and foremost would go and forecheck and bury defensemen. The game's changed. For the better? Maybe. For the worse? Probably. All right. Edmonton Oilers. Moving on. You figure with the two best players in the NHL, you need to have someone to protect these guys. To keep the opposition off of them. To keep them, keep them honest. That's what my job was. Who do the Edmonton Oilers have, Tim, to protect these two superstars, to protect their investments? Evander, to some degree, because he'll fight. He likes to hit. He's got a good size, got a good frame. Maybe Darnell Nurse, too, similar things. Both of them, neither of them plays super, super tough, but if you're going to pick a couple of guys, it's got to be them. Yeah, many of Maybe Vincent DeHarnay. He's got the size. I don't think he has the attitude to get the job done, but those three guys as a committee, maybe. But again, man, remember the old Western Conference battles between Edmonton and Calgary? They were epic. Even the three hun- years ago. Three years ago were fantastic, but I'm talking like going back years and years and years. They've always had just huge players. The battles were incredible. It's lost its, its, its luster, Tim. It's not exciting, the Edmonton-Calgary matchup anymore. It's gone more skill. Maybe Zadim Kadri and Evander Kane can get into it a little bit more, but I don't know. It's, it's not what it used to be. I think this is what this doing. this is doing, this whole podcast, is making me depressed. <laughs> I thought this would be a fun little thing to where we'd find some hidden gems. We'd find some guys. And you know what? That guy is great. He's going to do this and this. This is awesome. So far, I'm depressed. There's not one player that we've mentioned that you should be scared of. And that's that's an insult. I'm scared of Gudis and Zadorov. Um, I'll give you Gudis. Because he's got that unpredictable factor. I think Zadorov hits and they're usually clean. They're big, but they're clean. Gudis toes that line, which I like. <laughs> yeah, he does. You know, you, you, you giggle. He does. He really does. All right, moving on. Last one in the Pacific Division. The Stanley Cup champions. The Vegas Golden Knights. They traded away the big tough guy, Ryan Reeves, a couple years ago. But they have some meat on the back end, Tim, and on the fourth line. Who do you take from the Golden Knights? Yeah, I mean, you look at their big. Hutton's big. Nick Haig is big. Braden McNabb is big. Even Petrangelo is big. Like, all these defensemen are over six feet. Their their smallest defenseman is Alec Martinez at 6'1". 
Is that going to be like, I hope other, and I'm sure other GMs are taking note of that. I would think Barbershev too. He, he is kind of, kind of like a heat seeking missile out there. He likes to hit people again. No one, no one strikes fear to me. What do you think? Well, I think even Will Carrier and Keegan Colasar on their Colasar. fourth line. Yeah, those guys are tough, and they get on the forecheck, and they bury guys. I think when you're playing the Vegas Golden Knights, you have to be aware coming across the middle, coming into the offensive zone. There is some potential for just getting absolutely buried. And you mentioned Barbashev and Howden, but I think it's Colasar and Carrier on that fourth line. Those are the guys, and a Zach Whitecloud who, who drops the mitt sometimes, who, who strike fear in the opposition. But like you said, it's not... <laughs> It's not a lot of fear. You know, it, it, it isn't to the point where you look at that roster and you circle a name and you go, ooh, I got to watch out for that guy. Like every time I'm on the ice, I'm going to pick my head up to make sure he's not on the ice. It's not like a Jacob Truba where you need to know at all times where that guy is on the ice because he will put you in the hospital if you're not careful. All right, moving on. We're staying in the Western Conference. We're moving on to the Chicago Blackhawks. Another team has a history of just insane toughness. The Vandenbushes, the Proberts, the Grimsons, the Scots. Just insane amount of toughness coming out of Chicago. Who do we got? Who do we got on the on the black? I'm laughing because it's just depressing. I I guess Jared Tenorti would be the guy. He got a million surgeries last year. Maybe he's the toughness, but in my eyes, I, Man, it's either Nick Nick Foligno or Jared Tenardi, and they're both really not that scary. Who would you take here, Tim, from the Chicago Blackhawks? Those are good. I'll add in Corey Perry because he's got the size and he's pretty unpredictable. He he will cross that line a few times a season, so he could do anything. So I, I guess him. You're getting the first overall pick in Connor Bedard. Why would you not go out and just add some meat? Get get a cheap guy who you can bring on for the league men, store him somewhere on the fourth line, in and out of the lineup. When you need to use him, you can use him. You got to protect your investment. Connor Bedard is the future of this team. Go out and get somebody who's just an absolute psycho and just give him 700 grand and say, you know what? When we need you, we'll let you know. Play him 30 games. Do what I did. Yeah, I don't know. Davidson should have got somebody. I think that could be a mistake, but in today's age, it won't be because no one's striking fear in anybody's eyes based on the first 10 teams we've done. All right, moving on to the next team, Tim. Another former team of mine, Arizona Coyotes. Gosh, I played on a lot of teams. This is, I'm, I'm getting really depressed. <laughs> I'm a suitcase. There's no toughness in the league. This is not a good segment. Who do you take from the Arizona Coyotes team? You also got left off that Sharks article. It's crazy. Oh, man, it's not a good day. Don't they have that Liam O'Brien, that dirtbag Liam O'Brien on this team? Um, Arizona, yes, they do. Josh Brown, probably 6'5". He's a big, tall defenseman. He was in the Bruins a couple years ago. He likes to hit. Plays a very, very simple game. I guess him. There's no Jack, one, there's no Jack McBain is a it's a bigger dude, but yep. it's got to be Liam O'Brien. He's a fighter. He's an absolute scumbag of a human off the ice and on the ice. No one likes him. He's ugly, stupid beard, but it's got to be him, unfortunately. So yeah, Liam O'Brien, by default, just being the biggest jerk. You ever met him, Tim? I have not. I have not. Count yourself blessed. Count yourself blessed. You don't want to meet him. You don't want to meet this guy. I'm sure he's a perfectly nice guy. To throw rocks at. All right. 
The St. Louis Blues, again, another team, blue collar, Kelly Chase, Rocky Thompson, Cam Jansons, Ryan Reeves started his career there. This team has always been tough, Tim. That's how they cut their cloth. They're a blue collar, St. Louis Blues. Let's go. Let's fight. The fans love it. Boy, how the mighty have fallen. This team, looking at this roster, we got Russians on the back end. We got Swedes on the fourth line with another Russian. Is the toughest guy on this team. It's got to be Robert Bortuzzo. A guy who I tangled with when I played. A lanky six foot five, willing to fight. Willing to fight, but he's getting a little long in the tooth. Bigger back end, they got Colton Perenko. Marco Scandella, who I came up with in Minnesota. Same with Nick Letty. But gosh, it's just, there's nobody, there's nobody here, Tim, that I'm scared of. Anybody that I'm missing? I was going to say Bortuzzo, another guy that you love, but no, that's it. What a great last name to like chirp. Bortuzzo. I guess it's a low-hanging low fruit, but that's where I live. <laughs> okay. All right. Nashville Predators, Tim. Who do they have? They got some big dudes. Trennan. He's a, he's a big man. Colton Sissons likes to jet around the ice and throw the body around on the back end. <sighs> There's nothing. Luke Shen. Luke Shen. Yeah. I was going to say Luke Shen. Ryan O'Reilly will hit, but it has to be Luke Shen on this roster. You think these guys got a chance this year to win some games? Sure. They'll win some games. They have, you can make a case. Roman Yossi's the best defenseman in the league. You can make a case. UC Saros is top three goaltender. They have a solid roster. They don't have any, they don't have the guy up front. Forsberg didn't have a great year after signing that big contract. So much like the Carolina hurricanes, not a superstar on this roster. Yossi, not a superstar. Uh, You're right. I stand corrected. They do. He is a superstar. Nothing up front. A lot of good players. Not a superstar. I listened. You want to tell, hear a funny story. I, um, on my way back from Chicago, I went there on Monday. I, for some reason was trying to watch a movie on my phone, but the service kept dipping in and out. And so every time the service would dip, my podcast would turn on and it just kept recycling the same podcast. And it was the Bruins podcast where you were crying over Patrice Bergeron. And then it was also the same podcast where we argued about the Carolina hurricanes. If they had a superstar on the team, that was a good show. I listened to it like three times because <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't get service on my phone. I was trying to watch uh, the hunger games. That's a good book. Yeah. Good movie. Um, I still stand by it. I think I was a superstar actually. Yeah. Maybe not. Let's move on. Let's keep going. Well, you want to go get back into it? He's not a superstar. All right, Winnipeg Jets, Tim. Now, this is a team who who has some guys who I'm afraid of. They have some guys who can actually lay the body, who I would be nervous about playing against. And it it starts and ends with me, with Adam Lowry. I think he is one of the most underrated power forwards in this league. He's been doing it a long time. And he can absolutely throw the mitts and he can lay the body. He is a big man and he uses his body in the right way. I was going to say Brendan Dillon. I'm not not afraid of Dillon. Around the league, he's resoundingly known for having just show muscles. He's jacked, can't fight for the life of him, gets beat up all the time, like all the time gets beat up for his size and for his strength. He should be just manhandling people. He just gets dummied all the time. And so that's why I'm not afraid of him, because I have a little inside information. 
Anybody I'm missing, Tim? No, I was going to say Lowry. What a good season he had last year. 36 points, being a 6-6 power forward. He's a good player. He's a very good player. I like him. If I'm building a team, I'm trying to get him on my back end. My, my back six. He's so incredibly good. All right, Minnesota Wild. Another former team of mine. Usually has some toughness. They picked up Pat Maroon. They got Marcus Foligno. They have some meat, Tim. I like the way they're set up. They just jettisoned Ryan Reeves. He was obviously the big dog in this team. But I think they they had good reason to let him go. They got the moose, Marcus Foligno. On the back end, they have some toughness. They got um, Jacob Middleton, who can throw a guy to play against. But yeah, other than that, anybody I'm missing? Uh, Pat Maroon, I would throw in that mix. But I think Moose is probably the, the top guy right there. I love that we can call him Moose because he's kind of like front of the show. <laughs> sure is. All right. Why don't you do this one, Tim? I feel like I'm doing all of them. The Dallas Stars. Take it away. Okay. The Dallas Stars. <laughs> well, Jamie Ben, if he's going to cross check in the back of the neck and get suspended in a playoff game. Um, that was the one. The others, Asa Lindell is a big, tall boy. Same with Petrovic, but none of them. Hockenpah's no, they're tall, but they're not tough. Hockenpah, I guess, but. Yeah, no, they don't really have that guy. I, I guess, I mean, again, Jamie Ben, just because he's he's pretty solid size and he could do anything. He'll cross that line at any point. It's just like Corey Perry, but none of them, really. They've been rumored to be in the market for Jeff Petrie, who just got dealt back to Montreal. Petrie doesn't want to be in Montreal. Montreal doesn't want Petrie. The, when he was there last time, the fans hated him. He hated the fans. He doesn't want to be there. Keep an eye out for the Dallas Stars getting a Jeff Petrie. If they do, these guys could be the favorites in the Western Conference. I like the way they're made up. They bring in a Matt Duchesne. They still have that incredible first line with Pavs, Hanson, Robertson. I, I don't mind the Dallas Stars. Jared Ottinger, got a pretty good team. All right. Colorado Avalanche, Tim. Who do we got on the Avalanche that is that I'm scared of at all? Um, let's see here. Don't think I'm McDermott, Curtis McDermott, or did he did he leave? No, he's still there. He's still but he there. doesn't play. Well, he plays enough. He's on the Josh team. Manson. Yeah, he's not no one's afraid of him. It's McDermott. You have to count him. But I feel like across the board on the Western Conference, and we can see this and our listeners can hear it. There's not a lot of hitters. There's not a lot of guys who just go out there and try to, you know, assert themselves physically. It's a skill league. Every single fourth line and third line nowadays, I guess Miles Wood for the Avalanche who they picked up. He is a guy who can hit and that's his job. You know what I mean? He knows his job. He plays his role. But for the most part, resoundingly, of the 15 or 16 teams that we just did in the Western Conference, it's just, there's not, when did they get Jonathan Drouin, the Colorado Avalanche? I'm just looking at it now. When did they get him? Uh, I don't know. He wasn't part of the Galchenyuk trade, was he? No. Did I completely miss this? This is news to me. I, I thought he was on Montreal and locked up for a long time. Interesting, Tim. Interesting little tidbit there all right moving on not a lot of toughness in the western conference it's depressing i apologize everybody if i'm just bumming them out but this is this is the way this podcast has to go sometimes all right the eastern conference this is where we're going to see some meat hopefully we're going to start in the atlantic the aforementioned former team of jonathan Drouin, the montreal canadians tim they're in a big boy conference in a big boy division who added some meat who do they have to protect their star young players 
Well, protect, I don't know. But in terms of fear, Michael Pozzetto was top three in the league in hits last year. He loves playing the body. So he's a guy that you got to be aware of, although he's probably playing eight minutes a game. On the back end, none of them. Arbor, Arbor Jackeye. Arbor Shea. Yeah, Arbor yeah. Jack guy is the guy. He is a legit tough guy. He was injured last year at the end of the season. He's a moose. Like, he could be the toughest guy in the NHL. He's 6'4", 240 pounds. That guy, he's the guy. Should I think he was missed. We should get him on the show. Let's reach out to him. I'll make a note of that. Tim, make a note of that. I think he'd be a great guy to get on the show. Moving on. We're staying in the East. We're staying in the Atlantic. The Detroit Red Wings. Bob Probert. Joey Kosher, these guys have a history of having toughness when they were winning. Darren McCarty, they went soft when they had Babcock. I always tried to play for the Red Wings. Every time I was a free agent, I'm like, call up their wings. It'd be great. In Michigan, they're like, ah, we're good. Lose my number. And they sucked. So there's a reason why they were bad. They didn't ever sign me. Who do you think the Red Wings have, Tim, on their roster? Yeah, not a lot. I'll say most Sider loves to lay the open ice hits. But he's already said he 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 will never he'll never fight. So even a Ben Sherrod, he likes to throw the mitts a little bit and hit. And it doesn't have to be a guy who fights. So I think the the Red Wings have one of the bigger defensive cores in the NHL right now. You got Cider Hall, Sherrod, even Ole Mata has some size. So they have a bigger back end who isn't afraid to hit. But yeah, that fourth line isn't scaring anybody. They have Oscar Seidenberg, who apparently benches six hundred and fifty pounds. Oh, <laughs> I guess he could be scary, but that's if he makes the NHL, makes that jump. But I don't, uh, I don't see him making that jump this year. All right, uh, Ottawa, Ottawa said, "What's that?" Soderstrom, I think Elmer Soderstrom. Who cares? Not Oscar Seidenberg. <laughs> he's an, <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, he's a liar. Whatever his name is. All right, Ottawa Senators. It's got to be Zach McEwen. The guy's a fighter. He was brought in for a reason to kind of match the arms race that was happening in the East. Every every tough guy decided to sign in the Eastern Conference with the Ryan Reeves and the Milan Lucicis. So Ottawa went out smartly enough. This is a smart GM. He sees what's happening in his division, and he has to match it. You have Batherson, you have Stutzel, you have Kachuk, you have Giroux, you have, well, they didn't have it at the time, but of Vladimir Tarasenko, you have a Chicharin, you have a Shabbat. You need a person to protect your investments. And so this GM saw that. And he said, you know what? I'm going to go out and get a Zach McEwen. He's cheap. Bring him in for 700 grand. He'll protect those guys. Keep the other team honest. Very, very smart GMing by uh, whoever the hell's a GM in Ottawa. I don't know. All right, moving on. Buffalo Sabres. History of toughness. Thank you very much. I played there. Rob Rob Ray, Barnaby, Brad May. Who, are, who do they have, Tim? I'm going to be depressed. Who do they have who's, who's striking fear in the opposition's eyes? Maybe Jordan Greenway? Labushkin is a big hitter. Um, they've got a lot of defensemen on their roster. Owen Power is 6'6". Is he going to do anything with it? No. Eric Johnson they picked up. He's a bigger dude. Is he going to do anything? they got a lot of defensemen. Why'd they get Eric Johnson? Connor Clifton. Why are they bringing these guys in? I don't know. They I don't like know either. 10 on, 10, 10 on their roster right now. Good for them. But yeah, Buffalo needs to pick up some toughness. They absolutely have nobody. It's embarrassing. They're going for the small skill. Up and down the ice. Peyton Krebs, he maybe plays physical sometimes, but I think if it comes down to it, it's going to be Jordan Greenway who's answering the bell for a dirty hit or some momentum changing, which is not good. Like he's big, but I don't think he's that tough. I think he's going to have a he's going to have a long year playing the Bruins, 
playing the Panthers, playing the Senators. There's some, some big dudes in this division. Speaking of the Panthers, Eastern Conference Championship last year. They were they were the the big surprise, and they did it because they bullied teams. They went in, they punched you in the face, they made it hard to play against, and it all started with Matthew Kachuk. Is there anybody else, Tim, that you think other teams are worried about on this team other than Kachuk? Uh, they got rid of Gudis. Right. No. Ryan Lomberg's a a pretty pesty player to play against. I, I think Ryan Lomberg is the guy who I would look for on this team, even more so than Matthew Kachuk. And Kulikov yeah. buries people. Yeah. On the back end. Yeah, fine. Those two. I mean, Gudis was the guy last year, but he's obviously gone, like you said. So I guess Kachuk is, is number one. Do you, are you, do you need to go and drink a coffee? Your energy seems to be waning. Is this too much to talk about toughness and fear factor? You feel like it's not in your wheelhouse? No, I'm agreeing with you. All right. Oh, yeah. You just seem like you're just not even interested. It's like, come on, Tim. All right. Tampa Bay Lightning, staying in Florida. Who do they got? They got some bigger bodies. Nick Paul is not small. He throws the body around. Brandon Hagel, pest. Tanner Janot, they brought in from Nashville. We all know how tough he is. Josh Archibald, pretty tough dude himself. Who do you think, Zach Bogosian, Eric Chernak on the back end? Which one of those guys do you think is the most scary? Those are all good. I was going to throw in Sergachev into the mix. Oh, yeah. He's, he likes to mix it up. He's going to face wash you. He'll elbow you in the neck after the whistle. He's a guy I'm aware of for sure. So who is it? Who's your one? Sergachev. It's Sergachev. I like Tanner Janelle. I think yeah. he does it all. I think that guy is actually tough as nails. He he's a he's a guy I would want in my team. All right, staying in the Atlantic, we got two more teams left. We got Toronto and Boston. I'm going to save Boston because I, I want to save the waterworks when you look at the roster and Bergeron and Craig aren't there. The Toronto Maple Leafs. Every single year, we need toughness. We need sandpaper. They went out and they got the sheriff. They got Ryan Reeves. Is there anybody else, Tim, other than Ryan Reeves, who you think we should talk about on this Toronto Maple Leafs team? Uh, no. You know who it is for me? It's Max Domi. That guy's unpredictable. He's so unpredictable. No one's afraid of him, though. What? Yes, they are. He could sucker punch you at the drop of a hat. That's why you're afraid of Max Domi. He's so unpredictable. In some ways, a dirtbag like his father. He could just just end your life. Because he got upset. He's done it many times in the NHL. He's done so many dirty plays. So it could be Max Domi. He could be the guy on this team who I would be more nervous about. Ryan Reeves plays it pretty honest. I'm going Max Domi with Toronto Maple Leafs. He's my guy who I'm going to take keep an eye out for. All right, now this, let's just okay, compose yourself. The Boston Bruins. Is there anybody on? Tim? Do you need a minute or are you okay? I'm okay. Let's let's do this. I'm ready. Okay. okay. Who who is who's striking fear with the Boston Bruins? Milan Lucic is top dog right now. Obviously, the two kind of questions I'd love to see and see what they do with Lucic back in town is Trent Frederick and AJ Greer. Frederick's further along in his career. AJ Greer is pretty young, but he's was the guy that grew up idling Lucic. So I wonder what impact he'll have on their toughness and the way they play this year. A guy who I always wanted to take the next step is Derek Forbert. I feel like he's a big guy and he's strong. I don't know why he doesn't throw him more. I, I I just don't understand why he never, maybe he's just a chicken, you know, maybe he's just scared to do it. I don't know. But yeah, it's, it's Lucha in this one. All right, moving on. We're in the last division, the Atlantic division. 
the Columbus Blue Jackets, Johnny Gaudreau, Adam Fantilli, Patrick Liney. They got some high-end guys. Who is protecting these superstars? It's Matthew Olivier. I love the way this guy's plays. He had a battle with Lucic last year. He took on all comers. He's relatively new to the NHL, but he's making a statement everywhere he goes. They pick up Ivan Provorov from Philadelphia. He's a pretty good hitter. They got Erica Branson too. That guy's scary. He reminds That's what I was me. Say. Yeah. He reminds me of um, a Sheldon Surrey, a guy who just you know can beat beat you up. Would you want him on the show, Surrey? Yeah. Why is he your buddy? Do you have his number? No, I just think he's pretty active on on Instagram, so he'll he'll see it. All right, Philadelphia Flyers. Who do they got? Tim Garnet Hathaway. Is it Nick? It's Nick Delore. It's Nick Delore. That guy's yeah. an absolute <laughs> It's Nick Delore. Like, what are we doing here? It's it's yeah. it's a no brainer. Nicky is he's top three in the NHL. I love the way he plays the game. All right, Washington Capitals. Who do we got? Washington Capitals. Yeah. Tom Wilson, Mantha, I wish would play that way, but he, he doesn't. Um, it's Tom Wilson. There's yeah. absolutely no one on the back end. They're soft as baby butter. They're going to be so bad this year, and I'm going to absolutely love it. Missing the playoffs again. Ovechkin's going to get 15 goals, <laughs> maybe 20. It's gonna be Let's fantastic. score 40. Let's score 40. <laughs> you know what? He will because he's their only option. Pittsburgh Penguins, their fourth line of Noah Chari, Math Nieto, and Rem Pitlick. They're not striking fear in anybody's eyes. They are a speed fourth line. They're going to kill penalties, and they're going to pressure you. That's what they're going to do on the fourth line. Third line, absolutely nobody. Lars Eller, nobody likes him. On the back end, is a friend of the show, Ryan Graves. He's the guy who is the only lick of toughness on this team, because it's not Latang, It's not Carlson. It's not Chad Ruido. Marcus Pedersen, I don't think so. I don't know who Pierre-Olivier Joseph is, but unless he's huge, it's got to be Ryan Graves. No? How about Malkin? It could be Malkin. He's a snap show. It could actually be Yevgeny Malkin. You're right. Which he's is the boy. And he's, yeah, he's got that uh, rage in him. So He does. He's a crazy Ruski. We love him. We absolutely love him here. All right. Let's go to the, let's go to the New York City. Start with the Islanders on the island. Long Island. Who do they got? They have one of the most throwback fourth lines I've ever seen. These guys have been together for, I think, 17 years now. Aforementioned Cal Clutterbuck. I Talked about him at the top of the show. Casey Zizekas and Matt Martin. Do they scare anybody now? I don't know. It's him. Matt Martin still got some chops. He's still he's still making people look over their shoulder a little bit. I was going to throw in, too. I don't know if you want to count him or not. Ross Johnson. He's Where has he been the, the last few years? Yeah. They even yeah. got Scott Mayfield, who's pretty tough. They got a bigger back end. Pollock and Pellick are pretty beefy boys. But I guess if Ross Johnson's in the lineup, which he never is, he's the guy. But I don't think Martin's that guy anymore. I really don't. I think he's lost it. He's just well, signing along. He's he's he went Hollywood on us, I think, a little bit. All right, couple more. New York Rangers. Who do they have to protect their superstars, Tim, in Manhattan? The big apple. Arguably the most feared player in the league, Jacob Truba. Boom. That's why we're doing this article. Because this guy, and everybody ripped me apart when I said he was the most valuable player in the Rangers. He's winning them series. Remember, was it two years ago? Guy's a moose. So I absolutely love that guy. All right. Now Tim's Tim's new Boston Bruins, where he's he's leaving the Bruins and going to this team, the New Jersey Devils, Tim. Who do they have to protect Jack Hughes? Man crush Jack Hughes. I thought you were going with Carolina there. Um, on the Devils, Chris Tierney, maybe a little bit. What? Are you crazy? 
He's a fourth liner. I don't know. There's no one. No, he is like a 5'11 centerman. I play with him in San Jose. The guy's soft as butter. It's got to <laughs> be Brendan Smith, maybe. Yeah. They have no toughness on the Devils. It's it's their one weakness. All right. Problem, last yeah. team, Tim, your hometown squad, the Carolina Hurricanes. Is it Sebastian Ajo? Does he do it all? Uh, Brendan Lemieux. He's yeah. up there for him. Burnsy too. And Orlov. I think yeah. Orlov probably. He's a huge hitter. Jordan Stahl is a big hitter, and he's a strong, strong dude. Um, yeah, Orlov, Orlov would be up there too. Or not? I don't know. I think it's it's pretty par for the course. Other than a couple teams here and there who really value toughness, the NHL has gone soft. I think that's what we can take out of this. That's what we can extrapolate from the exercise. Is that the league is trending in the softest direction? We're going skill in the fourth line. We're valuing guys who can kill penalties, who can maybe bounce up and down the lineup. That's valuable these days. Not the one-dimensional tough guys who can bring something to the table that's just very valuable in my eyes, which is tough. Sorry, Tim. Anything else we want to touch on? Uh, a couple quick hits here. The Leafs signed another goalie, Martin Jones, one year, 875K. Nothing more than a mid-tier backup at this point in his career. A little interesting because they have Joseph Wall but backing up Samsonov. So I'm not sure does Wall go down to um the Marlies or does Martin Jones just kind of float around? They're still way over the cap. It'll be interesting to see why they sign him, what their next step is. Yeah, I think Wall goes down. You have a veteran presence behind Samsonov. I think it's a smart move by Trevealing. He's doing a good job so far with the Maple Leafs. The last one here is the Arizona Coyotes released a statement yesterday, super random out of the blue, but the they have basically executed a letter of intent to purchase a parcel of land located in Mesa, Arizona, to be the potential site for a sports arena and entertainment district for the club. John, I don't know the city at all. I don't know Arizona. What's Mesa? What's its relation to? Um, it's southwest of Phoenix. It's kind of the kitty corner of Glendale when, where they are now. So it's not near the city. I think it's like half an hour, 40 minutes away. So I don't know if it alleviates any of the issues of getting to the arena during rush hour after work, which was the main problem of Glendale, but will it happen? Will it come to fruition? We don't know. He can buy all the land he wants. He did that in Tempe. It didn't work out. So who knows? They got to vote on it. Good for Arizona. Maybe they have some direction. Not going to bag on them. This could be a good thing. So good for, good for Arizona. They have their owner mentioned a city. So that's good. Good sign. Anything else, Tim? No, I got some fun questions, but I think we'll save it for another time since we went so long. All right, everybody. Well, I hope you enjoyed the show. I'm a little depressed. I'm going to go try to cheer myself up somehow. Everybody have a good weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. 